Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. This is How Do You Do That with Emily Tresseter on Joy 94.9, the show answering the questions you didn't even know you had. This week's guest is the co-founder and head of product at the Spark Change Beverage Company, Rose Kentish. Rose is also a maker, flavorist, winemaker, and a distiller. We chat about her passionate interest in making, how the company has pivoted during the pandemic, and her experience as a woman in a predominantly male-run industry. Both Carrie and I look to what our natural strengths are in a challenging time, and that is to tell stories and to make good product. And if we lean together and do that, then that is what the success of the company will be built on, I hope, and that's the enduring piece, that's the legacy. Spark is a beverage company that aims to spark social change. It really is in the name. Spark create brewed beverages, think beers, hard lemonade and cider, as well as distilled spirits, but with a difference. Their cans have messages on them, and those messages aim to raise awareness for social justice issues. They also contribute financially to organisations and causes relating to those messages. In the past 16 months, Spark has donated $116,000 in support to their partners. I wanted to know more about the founding of the brand and what it means to Rose. How long ago did you found Spark? Carrie Allen, who's the co-founder of Spark, and I got together in May 2016. And we really worked on an idea of creating a company that was actively involved in the change that our children and our peers and our community wanted to see in the world. So we launched in December of 2016 through a crowdfunding platform called Possible. And we launched as a brewing company or with beers as a beverage company, but we we launched three non-beers and one beer. Heroes talks about the success of Spark from the very beginning. In that four weeks, we pre-sold, it was over $100,000 worth of product from a company no one ever heard of. They'd never tasted the product. They'd never seen, in fact, we hadn't even printed the cans. And we just went for it and we really felt that was a great proof of concept of what we're about, which was a company that really wanted to put the good back into the alcohol industry and really champion social change. That's incredible that without any of those tangible elements of the business, your ethos alone got you a lot of pre-sales. Yeah, I think it really resonated. We were brave in the messaging that we put on the front of our cans. The cans themselves essentially were were like real estate for for messaging and conversation. And, you know, the name Spark comes from the idea of sparking a conversation. And those conversations, we were interested in sparking, continuing. Some people found them challenging. Were around, you know, conversations we wanted to see continue around good change, positive change in the world. And they weren't just our ideas. They were conversations that were happening 
all around us on social media or in our community or with our children who were, you know, the lower end of the millennial generation who were sort of inheriting a world that I guess in 2016 when Trump looked like a candidate for the presidency in the United States and the Orlando bombings had happened and there was some terrible bombings in Paris. You know, there was all of these crazy things going on in the world and, and we were having these conversations with our friends and, and our children and their friends that felt cr- pretty scary and out of control. And we really thought hard about creating a platform where positive change was considered discussed and that people could really engage with that and really have fun with it and see if we could get some true change because we were contributing financially to organizations that were already working in the front line of social change. So you had this idea around social change and wanting to spark conversations about really pointing in an important social issues. How did it go from having that idea to connecting the two? Is it just because of your background? Yeah, it's a really good question. It, it seems sort of obvious that as a maker that we would immediately consider alcohol, but actually the conversations that Carrie and I were having, we had very naughty eldest teenage girls and we were, she and I had become good friends because we were honestly trying to communicate about where our daughters were and were they at your place or my place or out on the town and just kind of working together and that got us into conversations around raising children and definitely the world that they're inheriting or moving into and to become the world leaders by 2030. So this is a generation like our generation as well that cares deeply about the world. And so it got us looking at, and and we actually read a lot of research from some great research companies around the world that really looked at what the millennial generation wanted. And essentially, if you boil it down, they want to buy from companies that practice inclusion marketing. And we're like, what does that mean? <laughs> and we both have a background in marketing. So Carrie's a strategic marketer and with a, an international career in marketing. And I, I started marketing as a very young, early 20s and then moved into making. But we both read broadly and think deeply about the world. And we were really intrigued by this term. And when we, when we sort of broke that open, we found it really meant that millennials want to buy from companies that, that are practicing diversity in their focus around gender, sexuality, race, culture, access, everything to do with true, true inclusivity and diversity. And we thought, well, that's what we want as well. So it's not actually just limited to millennials. So we felt that the market was sound and ripe for companies to come up, to bubble up to the surface that cared and showed that they care passionately by literally putting their values on their products. And to be honest, we were looking at condoms, we were looking at financial education we talked about how what would be the best way to carry this idea forward and and actually we came to brewing your company is as we've been discussing not only a brewery it also the idea is to spark social change my partner actually has a shirt of yours from years ago maybe from the original maybe even the original possible potentially yeah which says consent can't come after you do i want to talk a little bit more about the cans and the actual tangible things that spark does that Mm. does incite this Mm. social change 
So we created a range of products and that consent message was on the front of our apple cider and we changed messages and we definitely put it out to our community who engaged with us and gave us lots of ideas on different messages and different topics, different values, different things that they wanted to see us test, check, think about, talk about, to the point where we just had so many we couldn't possibly print cans for each of them. So <laughs> we used the cans to have a lot of fun as well in and around all sorts of crazy things that are happening in the world that were social impact things. So they could involve someone like Donald Trump, for example, but it was more around the social impact. And so we'd play with some rendered can messages that we put on social media, which of course we couldn't possibly print all those cans. <laughs> but we certainly, the idea was to create a range of award-winning delicious products, which then as we went through, you know, you have to print 60,000 cans at a time. So it's quite a large amount of cans for a tiny company. The idea was to move through those cans and just keep the conversation going by changing the messaging and the commentary over time. And very passionate about continuing our commitment to social change and how we contribute funds. Rose talks more about how the sales of Spark products help fund and support social change. By June, we'd raised over $200,000, which we've contributed to organisations that work in the front line of social change. And that's been anything from Mums for Refugees or AYCC. You know, we were a big contributor before the vote on same-sex marriage back in November 2017. We made a sparkling white wine in a can and we produced, I think it was 40,000 cans. And they went up to, Elton John came out to Australia and did two big concerts in Queensland and the can said say I do and the funds went towards the marriage equality campaign so we've been very proactive around you know literally contributing funds forward to organizations that are already actively lobbying and committed in that space and then we've just paid forward funds We've changed our model a bit in the last year or so, just particularly as a result of COVID, but also obviously administering something like that is quite challenging. And so as businesses do, we're looking at smarter ways of doing things. So we still are contributing in lots of really beautiful ways, but they've been in very specific events. So we're based in South Australia and we did a really beautiful project in the beginning of 2020. We contributed to a story necklace, which is the longest necklace in the world. Wow. Um, It was a commission piece by the South Australian Museum. Those pieces then provide a lot of thought and a lot of contemplation and a lot of support for arts and crafts in Australia. But there's a whole story around that story necklace and how it came into into being, which is a much bigger thought piece around Indigenous community and moving forward in a really positive way and supporting songlines and storytelling. When you and Carrie initially had this conversation and thought to yourselves, this actually seems like a pretty good idea. Let's put it on possible. Let's see how we go. Mm. Did you ever envision five years down the track to be where you are? No, (laughs) (laughs) not at all. And in fact, it didn't even take five years to not imagine where we'd be because every year has been a crazy ride. Anyone who gets a startup up and going and continues it for five years will understand that you go through business on kind of a roller coaster ride because you are both building the plane as you fly it. So it's a very often chaotic and lots of highs and lows and you're running at such speed that you still make the same mistakes as a company that's been going for a long time but they just happen faster. You have to dust yourself off, pick yourself up and and try it again in a different way. So you have to be really prepared to fail and 
get over it, get over yourself and keep going whilst continually growing and developing a company that people have invested in, that people are excited by. The Spark Change Beverage Company does make products that people invest in and are excited by, and they have been for years. Rose tells me about some of the moments on the journey so far that have really validated what they're doing. Because I make wine in France, I often have to go in through London to get into France. And I had heard that one of our cans was in the British Museum. And it was because they had an exhibition based on the colonisation of Australia. And they had one of our Change the Date cans, which was a can dedicated to the question around changing the date of Australia Day to a day that all Australians can celebrate. We were so excited at the time when we, it was, it's been the hardest message to launch. Interestingly, it was one of the first. So good on us for tackling one of the hardest things right up front. Because people feel very passionately about all sorts of aspects of Australia Day and we weren't suggesting that we didn't have an Australia Day. The, the whole conversation piece around the cans and what's on our website and the conversations on social media were around changing it to a date that didn't represent genocide for the first Australians. And while we were really it was challenging to be a part of the conversation and always the big conversations are really challenging. I'm really proud that we were brave enough to have the conversation, to present the conversation. And as a result, we were included in the communication and the decision-making around some of the councils in Australia moving their Australia Day celebrations and seeing our can in the British Museum as part of one of the historical influences and pieces of the story of Australia or presenting to a couple of the largest alcohol companies in the world when we were not even a year old as a company and them trying to understand from us how we're doing what we're doing and how we're turning heads and making a difference. Like that that's exciting for me as a as a person that for the days that feel hard, then there are days like that where you feel like you might just be participating in the social change you want to see in the world. What a wonderful position to be in. But it's not always easy being a change maker. Here Rose talks about her personal journey as a woman in winemaking and how that experience has mirrored moments since starting Spark. I've been a winemaker for quite a long time and I've never played a gender card. I've always been very keen for people just to enjoy what I'm making and literally just enjoy the wine on the table. But what I discovered in 2015, I I won the, the first Australian Women in Wine Awards, which was the winemaker of the year, the Australian winemaker of the year. And I was so honoured and excited, but I was also a bit confused about why it needed to be a Women in Wine Award. And I, I was made aware and I became very passionate around the fact that the number of female wine makers in the last 10 years has gone from 15% down to 8% and is reducing. And now that I've been in the beer industry for five years, trying to find and work with qualified female brewers, when I say qualified, I mean, doesn't necessarily have to be with a certificate. I just mean people who are able to run a kit and brew delicious products. You know, there's very, very few women that consider that as a career or have had exposure that it even is a career or even had the door open beyond just sweeping up the floor. So we became really excited by the idea of playing within an industry that I understood 
quite a bit about in the alcohol industry, but also that it seemed that brewing was quite a male-dominated industry. And when we looked at all of the players there, because we thought, oh, it's quite crowded, there's a lot of craft brewers out there already. But when we looked at it from the perspective of what we're interested in, which was not only beautiful, delicious, all-natural, really sessionable products, but an organisation that was really on fire about social change and actively creating conversations and had a big focus on inclusivity and diversity or equality generally, equality and sustainability. We felt like actually it was quite a stacked market because the craft breweries were pretty much all doing a very similar thing that is brewing product and getting it out there. So when you look at that playing field, it was actually quite open and we felt there was absolutely a place for a company like Spark. There certainly was room for a company like Spark and its success is evidence of that. I wondered what the moments are in Rose's days that make her think, yep, this is why I do this. She also talks through an average day in her life. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm happiest when I'm making. So if I've created something and I'm really excited about that, even if it's in trial phase and I'm nutting things out and trying things in different ways, they are my happiest days. I think that's when I feel like I've brought my highest purpose to the company, my greatest value to the company. I do work consciously to have a positive spin to think positively about what we're doing here and how we're contributing and I hope that most days not every day of course and not all day of every day but I hope most days that that rubs off on my team and then I lift them and then they lift me and we kind of you know have a have a good time together I think by nature I've got and I've continued to sharpen or strengthen the muscle of resilience and sometimes that really hurts and it's hurting all of us right now across Australia and across the world because we've all had to really dig deep and be resilient. So, you know, every day I think our team shows up to do their best work and I feel really proud of being part of that team and if I can bring something to that team that gets them excited in terms of the products I've made and the value system that we've built these products on and that they're true and real and they can they understand that they really really get that and love that and that's part of what keeps them here and and why they show up each day is definitely an alignment of values and a commitment to the overarching cause because in the end you know lots of people can brew a beer or make a gin but in the end to be deeply committed to a bigger picture and to be a part of that and for us to listen to to all of our team and take those ideas and drive forward together. I think that's what makes me really proud every day here. We have spoken about all of the great things and and the elements that you love and also about the importance of a company like yours. Is there a bad part? Is there a worst part? Is there a moment (laughs) where you go, oh my goodness, why do we do this? I think I feel like that every day, but I also, you know, today is a great example. I started my first meeting at 7.30 and I'll finish my last one at 7 tonight. Half of it's on Zoom. Luckily for us, some of it's in person, face-to-face. It's been a combination of talking with shareholders, explaining part of we're doing a rights issue at the moment, so we're taking on investment to do this next big drive in our company. We've got a very clear five-year plan in front of us and so we're bringing on investors so we're just about to complete that so I'm spending time on the business in that way but then I'm also in the business so I'm 
sitting with our sales rep, talking to some local, you know, one of the best bars in South Australia, that team came in and saw us and we did a big tasting together. So very much tasting, talking, then another meeting, planning a, a fabulous event, which is more of a thought piece around women leaders and makers in South Australia. And then I've spent some time this afternoon with the place where we're going to be doing the bottling next week and it's still on a very bespoke level and we're going to be hand waxing all these new bottles and sorting the labels and whatever and all of this aspect because we're doing all of the new full circle brands roll out across the bottles, the labels, the cartons, all of that is again very detail oriented and logistics and all of those things. So yeah, I think... You're busy. Yeah, it's detailed and it's high level and it's down in the grass roots and it's, you know, and then hopefully at some point I've sat with the team for five minutes and had a cup of tea and said, how are you? There's kind of all those things in a mix and that's actually a very normal day. I mean, it's a great business because it's so busy and I, I guess you'd love to see that, but also it's a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a lot, but it's no different from, you know, it really just like every other small business out there and it's the magic and it's the young magic and I think you have to hold the moments and celebrate those moments when the magic happens and sometimes it's in the smallest things. It's almost like that you've got to ring the bell. You've just got to say, stop everyone, this just happened. We got some great news today and I haven't even had a chance to kind of go, yay, with the team. And we need to do that and we will do that before the day ends. And it's really important because for everyone, not just what's happening in in their business or within their team, but also within their world at home or with their families or their challenges of not being able to see their loved ones, there's a lot of sharp edges out there. And I think it's so important to just take those moments and ring the bell on the good moments on this crazy ride otherwise we will all wake up soon and say what the hell are we doing you know (laughs) absolutely yeah what would you tell somebody that had an idea like yours maybe they're they're chatting to their friend and they think got this idea should we what should we do should we do it (laughs) (laughs) i wish i wish i had myself now talking to myself then five years ago and giving carrie and i good talking to we have a bit of a running joke where we say I think we really thought at the time, how hard can it be? You know, honestly, how hard can it be? We can do this. The two very capable people, we think we can see a real opportunity to to strike a chord in the world, doing what we do best and having some fun along the way and building some success that goes way beyond us to really build a global brand that Australians could be really proud of and the world can be acknowledging that it's a brand that really contributed to positive change and we've always had that vision and that sounds very grand for a little brand that's been created in South Australia but we went national pretty quickly and we've been having a lot of conversations with some international players and and also looking at venues internationally which of course all of that has not gone ahead in the last two years but we're very aspirational at the same time as having to be very real about where we are and what we're doing and I think if I I could talk to myself five years ago I would probably and this is I probably wouldn't listen as I would <laughs> back then but do less things and do them thoroughly but actually at the same time the reason I wouldn't listen to that is I think our strength is our nimbleness and that we have strengths in a number of areas and so we're playing those strengths in those areas as in the types of products we're making because they resonate to different people 
and therefore we can make more of an impact more quickly. We're kind of a very restless company wanting to make big changes now or yesterday. We're not a company that would sort of plod along with one or two offerings and just grow and lean on that. And who knows in the end which is the best route, but I think the way we've done it is very true to the nature of this young disruptive brand that really is committed to change. That's the energy of that is is impatience and is dynamism and nimbleness and courage, bravery, and we've got that in spades and it doesn't mean it's easy. It actually means it's hard, but I don't think I would have listened to myself now now that I'm listening to us. <laughs> I, <think laughs> I guess I guess it's had that same no, how hard come on. Yeah, I, I guess you know? I I guess it's about having your idea and, and creating that ethos and understanding what it is that you want to bring to the world and following that, whether that means that your heart tells you to go quickly or your heart tells you to go slowly, but just believe in your idea enough to just do what you're being not called to do. But, you know, like you 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 said that you wouldn't listen to yourself because <laughs> you you would just keep continue to follow what it is that you need to do to create this sustainability, this idea of equality mm. and the messages that your company has. Yeah, definitely. And I think that as the world has, has changed, we've evolved with it. Do you think that you'll be at Spark forever? Uh, I don't think I should be at Spark forever. I think that there's so much space for a, a really fabulous maker to step in and take the reins. And I think that I'm one voice, I'm not the only voice in terms of the product and we've certainly had and we'll have in the future great brewers great winemakers in our product team and we're looking for our next brewer we're working with a great brewer at the moment we're really open to talent and people that want to join our company so I'm very happy to to lead or to mentor so at the moment I'm in front in the past, I've been mentoring and in the future, I'd be very happy happy to mentor. I think that Spark will be much bigger than what we are as founders and it should be. And I think that while we hold an origin story in our minds around what Spark is about and why it was created, I think that baton can be passed along and I think truly meaningful global brands need to stand on their own without the founders always being there. And my career as a maker is more than Spark. I've been making full-time as a committed maker since I was 26, and that's across all forms of beverages. And I've started to make perfume as well and been studying out of the south of France. So, you know, my journey is as a flavorist and a maker and as a judge and as a educator and as a mentor I, I think I've got a lot to give there's a lot more I need to do with Spark in terms of developing a confidence in our community and passing on as much as I can about what I know and the confidence for others to feel sure of their ability and to describe what they're tasting to enjoy what they're tasting to to share with others what they're loving you know there's there's real knowledge in that there's real power in that and power not as in a power play but as in an empowerment that if you can give people 
descriptors and language and access into a world that I love and have spent 25 years working on as a flavorist, as a maker, as a someone obsessed about scent and flavor and, and all the things that are around that, then I've still got some work to do here. But it's not the only work I do. I still make a lot of things outside of Spark and I want to continue that because my intention is to be the best maker I can be across a lot of things and I don't really think I used to just see myself as a winemaker whereas now really Spark has been a big part of it but also some of the things I've done around perfume and some of the distillation work and experiences I've done in France has shown me that I don't need to be categorized I can think and imagine a much bigger space where scent and flavor has beauty and meaning and and importance and empowerment for people and sometimes it's just about enjoyment and sometimes it's really transforming and I'd love to be able to create an experience of both for people. Absolutely and I I think that your experience and the work that you're doing in all of your fields would translate within each other. You know, it's a back and forth so you kind of need to be doing them all to be able to give your best to each element. Yeah, I think so because when I'm making perfume, I'm thinking about the layers in the botanicals of the gin I'm making. Like how can I bring an element of one thing across into the other? And when I'm making wine, I'm definitely thinking about the aromas that I see in some of the brewed products that, that I've made and they all kind of feed into each other. And And if I do all these things, I'll be a better maker generally or I should become a better maker generally across all of them I don't really even think about retiring I just think about you know when I'm 80 what will I be doing well I can imagine being in a glass box on a hill pulling botanicals through a little still and creating something that is the best work I've ever done and if that happens I'll be very very pleased with my work before I let Rose go she had some really poignant final thoughts about Spark and its importance. We've always been at the, the beginning of things and at the very front end of the change that we're seeing. And it's that that's, you know, meant that we've got the harder responses and the trickier conversations. But now we're seeing things normalize more. And yet five years ago, so you talk about your partner's t-shirt, that consent message was outrageous five years ago. Oh my goodness, there was just so many gobsmacking kind of responses. There was also great humor and people loved it, but it was outrageous. And I don't think it's so outrageous now. Or Change the Date is another great example where that was a very, very challenging conversation that brought out a lot of upset in the broader Australian community. And yet now, because it's been talked about for quite a long time and and a lot, particularly the week before Australia Day, but it gets talked about a lot now. It's not really shocking. It's definitely a conversation. It definitely still needs to move in terms of the shift of the com- The conversation needs to shift into action, but it's no longer outrageous. So we have always been at the forefront and choosing things that really need to be considered and thought through and discussed. And that's when you're sitting having a beer or a drink together with family, friends, loved ones. And that's actually why we chose to brew in the first place is we wanted the cans to be at the point where people were having conversations and that's often when you you know crack open a tinny at the end of the day and and have a drink with your partner or your family or your friends it's been so wonderful chatting to rose kentish about the spark change beverage company 
Thanks for being on the show, Rose. Just before the pandemic, Spark had over $300,000 worth of brewed products that weren't going to be used. Instead of wasting them and powerfully showing their efforts towards sustainability, Rose transformed them into distilled spirits, and Spark now have a range of spirits available as well. For more information about Rose and Spark, head to spark.com. That's S-P-A-R-K-E.com. And thank you for listening to the show. It really is my pleasure creating this show, and I would love for you to spread the word. So if you enjoy the show as much as I enjoy creating it, please do tell some friends or share it on your socials. Whatever you can, I would totally appreciate. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.